You're listening to Sunny Side Up, a B2B podcast that brings together real-world insights to help go-to-market professionals evolve and stay up-to-date on the latest trends. Join us as we bring you the best practices and proven techniques from industry experts and practitioners. Today's episode is made possible by Demandbase. Demandbase is transforming the way B2B companies go to market by enabling customers to embrace modern digital sales and marketing with a complete end-to-end suite of products. Thanks for listening. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Sunny Side Up. I'm your host, Nitesh. Today, I'm super excited to talk to Matthew Sell on the evolution of customer, competitor, and market insights. Matthew, I'm really excited to talk to you. Welcome to the show. All right, thanks. It's great to be here. Absolutely. So Matthew, before we talk about the topic for today, would you like to give a short introduction about yourself to our audience? Yeah, sure. Yeah. So I'm an analyst. I work for SAP. I've been with SAP kind of over 10 years now. I've done various different roles in different intelligence functions in my career, like over 20 years covering competitive intelligence and market intelligence and everything in between. Great. Thank you so much for introducing yourself. Now, let's just start with what is the definition of a CMI? Uh, yeah, so yeah, we love our three letter acronym. So CMI, well, actually it's kind of evolved, but what it originally stood for is the combination of competitive intelligence and market intelligence. So that's where the CMI, the, the acronym comes for. And uh, CMI is a combination of both competitive intelligence and market intelligence. So the difference between those two is it's really the time dimension. So competitive intelligence is, is how we compete today. So how we compete right now. So for example, supporting sales in competitive situations to win deals, to help marketing with competitively differentiated messaging as well as do an analysis on win-loss to see what's working. On the market intelligence side, this is more forward-looking over a longer time frame, typically two to five years. This is to support planning and strategy. So, for example, to help decide what products and solutions to address different customer needs in changing markets. So market intelligence involves trends and dynamics, market forecasting, scenario planning, in different industries, the time frame will be different depending on how fast things change. So, for example, in the technology industry, it's very dynamic, so the time frame should be short. That's been the traditional approach to, to what we've called CMI, this competitive intelligence and market intelligence. But obviously, things have evolved since that, that kind of old way of doing things. Absolutely. And I believe that's your pet in the background. I think he wants to be a part of the podcast as well. Somebody rang the front door, but as soon as I started talking, this is always the way. That's the joys of working from home. Absolutely. Coming back to the topic, how has the competitive and market intelligence function evolved in the last few years? Right. So, so there, there has been a shift. And I think that that shift has reflected the buying behavior, uh, which has impacted both kind of the B2B and B2C markets. So I think customers are now more informed than ever. So without the direct influence of sales and marketing. So there's been a shift of power from the supply side to the demand side. So, I mean, in the context of this discussion, we're talking about B2B in an enterprise setting. However, B2B is becoming more B2C-like because of this shift, because of the, the rise of digital selling, things like peer reviews and influence. So a focus on the customer is much more imperative in this environment of empowered customers. So 
because of this shift, CMI teams have had to shift as well. So now CMI teams need to include the customer dimension. So providing insights on this digital buying journey, for example, what customers are researching at any moment in time, what the voice of the customer is on your company products and more. So a world-class CMI team needs to embrace this customer dimension. So going beyond that traditional CI and MI that I talked about a moment ago and adding this customer and digital insights. So hence the, the C in CMI should really stand for both customer and competitive. Oh, so the customer dimension is one key shift in CMI teams. Any other shift in terms of how CMI teams operate? Yeah, so the, the other shift is a little bit more subtle, but nevertheless key, is this shift from intelligence to insights. So, so what does this mean? So intelligence is like facts or details about something, whereas insights provide a deeper level on what and why something is happening. So for example, you know, what does an event mean to the market or your company combined with that prescriptive advice on what to do? And one of my favorite frameworks that I use is, is really simple framework. It's the what, so what, and now what, now what framework. So the what is the facts. The so what answers kind of what it means. What does it mean to your company? What does it mean to the market? And the now what is the prescriptive advice. So if you're only doing the first part, then you're just a, re a research function. You're not an insights function. The other area where CMI teams have evolved is around uh, dissemination and delivery. So a world-class CMI team has to go beyond being just a team of trusted advisors to high-level stakeholders. So you have to provide scalable platforms to reach all of the audience in your organization. So you need to think about how to deliver insights to that rank and file business, how they consume it, how they use it. You know, you can't be the ivory tower serving a small fraction of the business anymore. So, you know, think how many enterprise insights teams have a UX designer? If you don't, you probably should. If you have platforms that need to be consumed by a large enterprise, and here, you know, I'm talking like 100,000 plus employees, then you should really be kind of thinking about that. Interesting. What, so what, now what? Interesting framework. So what, what is the role of data in this evolving CMI team? And so, so that's, that's a good question. So data plays a, a real key role, especially today. There's more sources of data to draw upon than ever before. You know, if you think about the digital buying journey of customers that we mentioned earlier, then there's data that can be mined for account intelligence. So for example, intent data. So the, the digital exhaust on what customers are researching. So think about things like technographic data, you know, what software and technologies does the customer currently have installed or their, their current competitive footprint. Thermographic data, so the, the demographics of organizations. So all of these and more can be combined to create predictive models on some of that digital buying behavior of customers and prospects, providing kind of a crystal ball, if you like, of real-time insights. So at SAP, our crystal ball account insights platform results in a two to four X higher conversion rate of pipeline. Now, if you think about that, two or four times higher uplift on your sales pipeline conversion. Yeah, that's what account intelligence can provide. And that's the power of providing insights on data. So data plays a key role in uh, the other services that the CMI team provides as well. So for example, a market model, which provides market forecast and vendor share, 
or voice of the customer, which provides aggregated results across various different public review sites or macroeconomic indicators like GDP, company demographics, or mining public customer references to augment with your win-loss analysis. One example during the, the COVID pandemic, we use company data, so credit data, equity data, and operational performance data to put together a financial health tracker that was able to show the financial health of a company. So whether they were distressed or healthy, you know, depending on kind of where they were with this COVID pandemic. So sales could use that and adjust their strategy accordingly to help those accounts. So for example, they could provide different financial terms to help those distressed customers. It also helped the company with risk mitigation. So you could use this data to track risk of the account base across different industries and geographies and other company segmentation. So net-net, the role of data is so important that any modern CMI function should have its own team of data scientists to ensure insights are being derived from all these different data sources. So you're mentioning that you know data science might be a skill for a CM, CMI analyst. How has the role of a CMI analyst evolved? Uh, yeah, so as the as this function, uh, CMI function has evolved over time and the role of the analyst within that, that function. So there's definitely been a change in the type of work uh, an analyst performs. So overall, the shift has been from kind of hands-on research inquiries to more high impact and advisory engagement. So advisory has definitely in increased substantially along with the role of digital insights. So yeah, those probably represent more than half the time of a CMI analyst. So while hands-on research as a percentage is less, I think the syndication has increased. So I think one of the things a world-class CMI team should have is, is what I would call kind of a flex model. So a group of various third-party partners where you can get agility and scale where needed. So think of a pyramid with the high-level visible work at the top of that pyramid. So this is where a CMI analyst should be focusing their individual time. At the bottom of the pyramid is like the low level work. So this is what you should look to syndicate out so that analysts can focus more on that higher level advisory engagement with stakeholders. So, so having various different flex model partners in your CMI ecosystem that you can leverage for different types of work will get you the scale that you need and not break the limited bandwidth that everyone suffers from. In terms of skill sets for analysts, there's obviously the standard skills that you might expect. So being a trusted advisor, a thought leader, project management, collaboration, presentation skills, writing skills, analytical thinking skills, and so on. And uh, from what we talked about earlier, also being data driven, being a catalyst for change to drive those actual insights across the company. But there's also what I call the, the analyst mindset. So this is part science, part art. It involves having an inquiring mind, being able to investigate, to inquire, to ask questions. You know, why are things like this? Being a challenger. And then there's the imagination side, being able to take signposts and interpret them, being able to put together a story. You know, being that storyteller, telling a story to make those insights relevant to the organization. And that's what I think makes a, a great analyst. Thank you so much for putting light on the skill set that you just mentioned for the CMI analyst. So what's the future of CMI? That's a great question. So let me start maybe on kind of the platform side. So we talked about platforms a moment ago. So I think that data collection will get more automated and that will help advance 
with uh, dissemination of information. But I always think that there's going to be a need for a human to interpret and understand the signals coming from the data and turn them into real business insights. There'll always be a need for a human to be that trusted advisor to the business to deliver those insights and tell the story, as well as being that catalyst for change inside an organization. So hence, the CMI team is not going to get automated away. In forward-thinking companies, I think CMI will be a critical central function. As we talked about earlier, markets are becoming more dynamic. Customers are becoming more empowered. In that environment, you know, digital insights are only going to get more important. So companies that aren't leveraging those insights that they can get from the data are going to get left behind. So any large B2B enterprise should be looking to continue to invest and involve their CMI team as a critical part of their business operations. So what does this mean for CMI teams? I think expect the bar to keep being raised and having a higher profile inside the enterprise. So for anyone looking for a career in CMI, then this is obviously great news. Interesting. Thank you so much, Matthew, for giving your precious time to our podcast. It was a pleasure to have you on our podcast. Before we go, would you like to give a shout out to people within your network who you think should be a part of this podcast? Uh, sure, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, we, we talked a little bit about kind of account intelligence. And I mentioned this kind of crystal ball. Yeah, that, that's a key program in, in the different programs we have within CMI. So there's a couple of folks uh, key behind that. So Franklin Herbis and Bill Doyle, maybe a shout out to those, as well as my, my boss, I can't go without mentioning him, Paul Logue, who's been instrumental in making some of the changes and evolution within the CMI team here at, at SAP. Wonderful. We definitely love to have them on the podcast as well and have them share their knowledge with our audience, like the way you did today. It was wonderful to have you once again on the show. Thank you so much for your time, Matthew. All right. Thanks. Thanks for inviting me. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Sunnyside Up. If you liked what you heard, please rate and review us and subscribe to our show on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you consume podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube and Demand Based TV. 